Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Stratford and Chat. I'm your host, Max. I'm joined by Chris. We are back again after another good weekend, a good three points in the book in the Premier League, joint top of the table. Uh, it could have been much different, but nonetheless, we are uh, very, very happy after the weekend. That would not have been the case had we done the podcast before the weekend, uh, because we also had a very, very disappointing midweek Champions League result uh, against Young Boys, and I think uh, that's unfortunately that's where we have to start. So, um, Chris, how's it going, man? Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it, to my memory, I think we only played once last week, um, which was yesterday. Um, I don't remember a yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, totally, last, totally. Yeah. Yeah, nothing really happened. Uh, jokes aside, I mean, obviously we we bounced back off, off a very disappointing uh, midweek result in, in Switzerland. Is it right, Switzerland? Yeah, Bern, the capital of Switzerland. Uh, yeah, uh, at the Vankdorf, uh Stadium. Even the name is just comical. But uh, yeah, well, I guess we can. Yeah, I think we can just briefly talk about the young boys match, and especially how you know. Everything just changed when when Aaron got the red card, and it was a deserved red card, um, to yeah. be honest. And you know, historically, when teams go down a man down that early into the match, then it, it's going to be a tough match, regardless. But I think our response, you know, being one man down, was still a little bit toothless, in my opinion. Absolutely. But, like because Aaron went off, there just is so many other side effects that just weren't the greatest, you know, with Sancho getting subbed off and Donnie barely, barely playing as well. But yeah, it was just ugly. It was an ugly game. The only, uh, the only positive we can take from that is that uh, Ronaldo scored another goal. Um, <laughs> so happy days. The mm. uh, V Ronaldo train keeps on trucking. Uh, Bruno Fernandez assist too. So, you know, keep patting the stats. I love to see it. Great assist, by the way, honestly. Mm. Um, didn't necessarily deserve it. I mean, all kind of talk about this game like pre-red card and post-red card i think pre-red card we also were not very good i think we were also toothless we you know we weren't really creating chances uh we were keeping the ball but like it didn't really seem like we knew what to do with it Uh, i think young boys were playing playing really well so even before the red card it was it was just a disappointing performance um and yeah the red card happened i mean it just made our our kind of spiral downwards just go that much quicker i think uh, obviously clear red card i think no one can dis uh or argue that um and like you don't really see many mistakes from aaron wanabasaka like that it was kind of you know just a heavy touch from him which fair enough he doesn't have the best touch in the world but uh yeah just super super unfortunate we go a man down and we just look terrible like we are deflated after that even even teams that go down a man like if 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 this were Chelsea or if this was City going down a man I think they'd still have a legitimate chance of winning the game if not creating really good chances and after the red card we were just holding on for our dear lives like it was insane like I think um just just looking at the match stats we just had two shots uh two and uh, two shots on goal the entire game it was terrible, dreadful. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think we're in some ways a bit unlucky to concede that last goal. I mean, it's not yeah. every it's not every match you have. It's such a glaring individual error that Jesse had. Uh, we were about like twenty seconds away 
from just scraping the draw. But yeah, it, it is what it is. But but you know, in a way, like I'm a believer of like you create your own luck, and mm-hmm. because we put ourselves under so much duress and so much pressure that built up, and in the end, that res- that didn't directly result in that specific play by Jesse, but you know, it led to that being a possibility. Yeah, it, it's listen. All I'm saying is, if this ends up being the difference. Um, you know, between us moving on or going to the Europa League, man, that's. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, oh, you never yeah. know, right? I mean, last year we started off like hot, right? We started mm-hmm. off with two wins against RB Leipzig and PSG. Uh, we were top of the group. Things were looking up um, and we ended up not qualifying. So you never really know. I'm not too worried. There's a lot of games left. It's an easier group. I think that we can bounce back. I just hope that we don't bring a shambolic performance like that again. Yeah, I mean, Ollie can't stay if he's playing the Europa League with Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, that's yeah. just. I mean, that's I a joke. That's unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll talk about more about Ollie, you know, and the pressure that comes with it. But fortunately, you know, that you know, the implications of that um, we'll be playing at home uh, at Virreo uh, very soon. But hopefully, um, you know, uh, with a more motivated squad, and unfortunately, without Aaron. So that means Diogo is going to be starting a right back for the mm-hmm. next three matches in the Champions League, right? Is that a three-match ban if it's a straight red card in the Champions League? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure what the rules are. I'd be surprised if it was three, considering mm. that there's only so many group stage games. Um, but anyways, regardless, we're we're out, or Aaron Rambasaka is out, so uh, Diogo is going to have to make an appearance. Uh, and we'll see what he does. I mean, we've been kind of hesitant to play him. He's kind of more of a squad player because he does give you something going forward. Um, but, you know, defensively, there's a little bit to be desired. So that's that's always the worry. But again, against teams like this in the group stage, I mean, we should be the better team. We should be dominating. So we should be putting more emphasis on attack. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, let's move on to the West Ham match, right? There's, there, That's probably one of the crazier matches we've seen yeah it was great um you know i think we beat 12 men that's the bottom line you know west ham and martin atkinson <laughs> are you gonna go Honestly, directly to the ref? Are you gonna go we, directly we, there? we played we we played in a stadium full of west ham supporters and yet somehow the biggest west ham supporter <laughs> was wearing a referee uniform i mean let's let's call a spade a spade here martin atkinson had a shambles of a game uh you know I mean, we can, so we, we can talk about three, if you want to call it air quotes, potential penalty incidents um, against uh, Ronaldo, right? The first one was uh, with Sufal. In my opinion, that is a clear and obvious penalty. Mm. I'll circle back to that. Uh, the second one was the sort of like the little instance where Ronaldo was in the box. I think someone crossed it like Bruno or, or somebody like that. And then Cresswell kind of like dragged Ronaldo back a little bit with his arm and then Ronaldo went down. That, I think, is not enough contact. It is mm-hmm. what it is. Um, and then the third one is the more contentious one. And I've seen people on both sides of this one. Um, and, I've, and I can understand both arguments. But it was the Zuma tackle on Ronaldo uh, near the late stage of the game. And, you know, that one's a tough one. Initially, I thought that that was also a stonewall penalty. But I do see the argument where uh, Ronaldo kind of was falling before like he was anticipating the challenge which is a bit unfortunate because had he not started to fall beforehand i think that would have been a clear penalty 
you know, like he didn't need to do that. I've just seen it called many times that Zuma Zuma tackle. Yeah. Right? And it's, I mean, the general consensus is that that gets called. And I think it's just because it's Cristiano. And I think partly because of the fact that Cristiano did sort of um, bait Cresswell earlier. I think that's why Martin was a little bit skeptical. Or I just think there was a bias. It. Just because it's Ronaldo, I think there was a huge bias. Like I, I think, think Martin Atkinson was clearly, he clearly uh, was aware that it was Ronaldo in the box. Mm. And if he and if he gives a penalty to Ronaldo, it's going to be talked about, right? Like there's mm. this added like grandness about giving a penalty to Ronaldo, you know, like it gets talked about, it gets, uh, the videos get played on, on Twitter on it. Like everyone, everybody talks about it, you know? Oh, uh, also, also, do you remember the, uh, incident where was it Socek who got absolutely, uh, Oh yeah. Old by Aaron Wampasaka. I thought yeah, that was a penalty. That's, all, like, that's I, also a penalty. That was uh, definitely a penalty for sure. Because I mean, again, I guess, uh, playing devil's advocate, what the VAR room must have seen or what Atkinson saw on the pitch was that it was it was uh, Sufal, it was Suchek? It's so Suchek. For the, so, yeah. Suchek, sorry. That initiated the contact mm. as opposed to Aaron Basaka because Basaka didn't even know that he was there, right? Like mm. he was behind him and then he kind of creeped in and then went for the ball and then uh, Aaron Basaka just happened to follow through him. Yeah, and, that was, that was yeah. Bad. I mean, that's still a penalty though, because it's just like terrible. Oh, yeah. uh, and like it is what it is. But again, like he just he he just missed and Luke Shaw's handball, he didn't call it, uh, and that was clearly a handball. Um mm. so it's like shambles of a game on his end. Going back yeah. to the first Ronaldo incident, I just want to quickly bring up a point, um, which is just crazy that he didn't call it because earlier in the game there was an incident um between Zuma and Pogba where Pogba did essentially the same thing, uh, but to a lesser extent, I would argue as well, where he kind of went for a challenge, but mm -hmm. then kind of like backed out of it. And then Zuma kind of like initiated that contact. Uh, and it was way less contact too. And the ref called it. So, you know, where's the consistency there? I mean, it was just, it was just bad. At the end of the day, I think he knows that he, he messed up and, um, VAR has just got to do better there. I mean, VAR has to pick that up. They have to clearly say to themselves, this is a clear and obvious error. Let's bring it to his attention. That just That's what has to happen. It just still leaves a bad, bad taste in my mouth. Obviously, we've somehow collected enough karma, for enough for David or David uh, to, to save the penalty. We'll talk mm -hmm. about the penalty a bit later. But it, it just... There's so many instances. I mean, the penalty, Luke Shaw's handball should have never happened in the first place had we been rightfully awarded the penalty um, in the 92nd or 91st minute. Uh, yeah, I mean, every time we think, oh, maybe VAR is doing a bit better job, I know it's improving. You see performances like this. And why is it always the Premier League, the biggest league in the world, that we're still experiencing just shambolic referee? I mean, there's still, yeah, there's still lots of improvements to be made. I mean, there's still growing pains. I think, I think, um, in, in general, I like the idea of keeping play going, you know, like not calling everything for every little bit of contact. I like that. Mm -hmm. But again, like the, the, the VAR, like it's still very subjective. Um, there's, I don't know, they're, they're, they're still making mistakes and I don't know really what they're going to do. 
Um, but you know, like I don't necessarily want to talk about VR all, all that much either. It's just like it was unfortunate that it was uh, a big talking point um, during the Sunday game. But yeah, I mean, let's just let's just focus more on I guess the game itself. Maybe um, you know, a couple talking points. Uh, we can talk about well, the main talking point is the Jesse Lingard redemption arc. Um, but we can rejoice a little bit quickly also on uh, Ronaldo scoring another goal. So what is that like four four and three games? I mean, mm-hmm. he's looking looking really 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 sharp. Um, he's giving yeah, us a lot a lot going forward for Jesse. It's also three and three games. I mean, there you go. Jesse and Ronaldo are, are like neck and neck, right? Like yeah, you know, in 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 terms of uh, quality players. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesse's so good that he scores for the opposition too. So yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I mean let's just jump into the to the Jesse Lingard. I mean, honestly, you love to see it. Um, it, it, you know, a crazy couple of days for him. Obviously, he single-handedly loses us the game against uh, young boys with that terrible pass. Um, and, I mean, you can tell that Jesse's really well-liked in the dressing room. I think he's kind of one of the most loved characters in the dressing room. And, you know, just the amount of support from the players uh, after the game, like, you could clearly see that. And then for him to go ahead and score that winning goal, uh, you know, in the final minutes, um, against the team that he was on loan with that wanted him so desperately to stay on that wanted him to sign he said no I want to f- I want to fight off the bench essentially for for minutes with Manchester United goes on scores that goal and then you, you could t- like you could see uh, you know what that meant to him what that meant to his teammates kind of all rushing to him celebrating it was just a really really good moment and you know just really really happy for uh for Jay Ling's Man, do you think Jesse will stay next year? Because there's obviously all that came out last week, and I think he wants to bring him back, extend his contract. But it seems a lot more of like a very contentious issue amongst uh, United supporters online. Um, a lot of supporters don't want don't want him back next year because I and it depends on like what the wages are as well. But a lot of people felt like the ship has sailed, mm-hmm. and we should have just capitalized on like 10, 15 million pounds for him this past summer. Yeah. I mean, again, I think if you would have asked me that um, at the beginning of the season, before the season started, and if West Ham had come in with, I, I wouldn't do it for 15 or 20. I think um, if I would have gotten like 35 or 40 million, mm-hmm. I think I would have taken that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing less. I mean, if, cause like, listen, if, if he's English, you know, we're, we're sending him to a, like a, air quote rival team you know like a a decent team in the premier league Mm -hmm. we have to we have to overcharge and we have to we have to sell them for like 40 45 50 even i don't care Mm -hmm. if west ham's so desperate to get him uh but less than that no keep him Uh, but if you ask me now you know i mean i think i think jesse has a lot to give i think he i think he did improve during his time at west ham he was a little unfortunate at the beginning of this season uh getting covid kind of you know that always puts a wrench in the plans, but I think that had he not gotten that in the first couple of games, he would have been really more involved because uh, he was one of the only players to get a full preseason. Um, but I mean, he like he's proving it right now that he adds a lot of value to the team. I mean, an impact substitution creates chances, uh, always likes to be in the box, and he's just a really, really clever player. And I mean, again, this is a long season. We're in lots of competitions, so... 
I mean, we're going to see him get some minutes. And I know that Ollie said that they're kind of in contract negotiations right now. Um, and honestly, I think that we're going to try to extend him because, again, he adds a lot more than just on the pitch. I think he's a really, really good teammate. Players love him. So, you know, when and he knows what it means to be a Manchester United player. So when players kind of have that mentality and that influence in the dressing room, you know, that's somebody you want to keep around. Yeah. Um, let's let's go back to uh, the overall play. And I felt like we played much, much better compared to, let's say, against young boys, obviously. Um, yeah, do you think... It doesn't say much. Yeah, it doesn't say much. But especially with Scott coming back, I feel like there's a noticeable difference on the way we're able to play. I think we're able to retain possession a bit better. Uh, do you think um, we'll have to stick with McFred for the rest of the way? Yeah, yeah. Of course, there's. Yeah. <laughs> what else are we gonna do? That's our only option. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, like when when Marcus comes back, for example, right? Yeah. Like what happens then? Do we try like a Scott Pogba pivot instead? Because well, I, I think it, I'll be honest with you. Like Fred still looked terrible yesterday. Like yeah. he he. There is so many times I couldn't I could count where he just missed the ball entirely, and he does this thing that annoys me so much. He just just goes to the ground. And tries to tackle, but he completely misses it. Oh yeah, no, I, I know. It, I, yeah. he, when it comes to tackling and you know making defensive plays, he is yeah. absolutely worthless. Like he can't do anything. He he can't he can't stop any counters. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Conte would, for example, or like make any type of challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. He's so weak. He's so small, nimble, um, and yeah, he he really gives us nothing in that department, which is really unfortunate because even against West Ham, I mean, you saw. On a lot of instances, we were really caught on the break, and they could have punished us. You know, just like Newcastle, they could have punished us. So we're a little weak in that defensive transition, and I think Fred has a lot to do with that. I think there's other areas that you know we're not necessarily uh, clicking when it comes to that defensive transition because we're getting we're getting killed on that. You know, and um, it's just annoying because Fred can't even pass, right? So if he can't pass, he should be able to tackle and be defensive, right? He can't even do that. He's got to do something. Like Scott isn't necessarily a world beater, but he is solid enough. Yeah. And he keeps the, he's that glue. Mm-hmm. He's very underrated in my opinion. And I agree. I hope he stays fit. He would need that physicality in the midfield. And yeah, I just overall the attacking play, I think, um, it, it looked more promising, but you know, obviously, we lacked the end product um, for about seventy percent of the match. Still, yeah, it's still not there, and that's yeah. and that's unfortunate to see. I mean, again, I think that's the difference between us and teams like Chelsea, City, and Liverpool. I mm-hmm. think there's still a gap there, man. I mean, we're like we're we're seeing it in these first couple of games. Again, hoping that we improve as a team going, you know, as the as the season progresses. But if we're talking about right here, right now, I mean, I'm looking at Chelsea play. Uh, you know they're just so fluid they're always creating chances they look like a threat going forward i see liverpool play same thing a threat going forward always creating chances city city is city they always look a threat they always score goals except on this weekend or this past weekend actually because they drew against southampton so Mm -hmm. shout out to them for dropping points at the empty head um but (laughs) you know like our play right now is not fluid and we're just slow sometimes we're predictable 
Uh, I don't, you know, it's just, it's not there yet. And I think what's putting us over the edge a lot of the, or these first couple of games is the fact that we just have better players. We have moments of brilliance and that's what's pushing us over the line. But good teams can't rely on that day in and day out. You know, I mean, we're like, man, like just the Chelsea performances, you can see that's a team. <clears throat> they, they play well. They know how to play together. There's good balance in the squad. And that's something we're lacking. It does concern me because we're still, I, it's annoying that we still can't break down teams that sit behind or sit back mm-hmm. and defend for their lives. But does it give you, I feel like, you know, there, there's so many goals to go around in this current squad. Obviously, Ronaldo is almost the guarantee of a goal at, at a certain point. If anything, he should have had two. Um, mm-hmm. Fabianski played out of his mind, to be honest. I thought he was my man of the match yesterday. Uh, but do you think that, you know, bodes better for us against the top six teams then? Because they'll be looking to attack. Yeah, more. Well, well, we don't know yet, right? I mean, we haven't played one, so that's, yeah. you know, to be determined. You know, when, when we match up against a team that's that's more willing to, uh, re- re- like, really go at it, go against us, can we exploit them more? I think that there's going to be more transition football probably. So can we break quickly on the counter? Um, you know, that's something that typically we've been good at. And that's why I think in the past couple of years, we've had success because that's really all we, we relied on. We just sat back, absorb pressure and then, and then hit on the counter with, with fast wingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have even better players, so we should be better at executing that. So we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, it's, it's, it's clear right now, man, that we're, we're just, we're still struggling against these teams. I mean, you know, I think saying that West Ham kind of sat back the entire game is a little bit of a discredit to them. I think. I think that they kind of, you know, they were they were open and they did press us and they did create chances for themselves, uh, more so than Newcastle, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I think that speaks to sort of the defensive frailties that we have in the team. Uh, it's still there. We're still not dominating games. It's still not perfect. But again, you know, it's all about perspective. And I know it's the first couple of games, so we're still trying to figure things out. But... <sighs> Yeah, man, there's a lot of season left. I'd, I don't want to be too negative here. I mean, we're, we're in a great spot, you know, uh, joint top of the league, four wins, one draw, undefeated. We beat a tough West Ham team that was also undefeated away from home. So, you know, there's some positives in that. We've officially had a good start to the, to the year. It's been a while. Yeah, thank God. Better than last year, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's... Listen, we, we, we need to grind out these results as much as we can because yeah, uh, I think in order to win the league this year, I think you have to be near perfect at this rate. And um, I mean, if, if I looked at the Chelsea-Tottenham match this weekend, um, Chelsea just, uh, the way I would describe Chelsea is like a well-oiled machine. I think every player knows their role. Yeah. And it, and man, just, you know, I, I still do think uh, Romelu Lukaku is a bit overrated, you know, given our time with us, but I think he's just a better fit. And I think he's just, they're exactly what Chelsea needed. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's for sure. I mean, uh, a blind man could have, could have told you that, right? I mean, yeah, they had, they had Timo Werner up front and he wasn't, <laughs> he was proud to score goals and he wasn't scoring goals and they, they didn't have a focal point up front. Uh, which would have given them like that extra sort of, uh, you know, asset and a different dynamic, uh, you know, like they would play Kai Havertz in like a false nine type of thing. 
And so, you know, it, there that was missing. But, you know, Lukaku, like, if there's one yeah. thing he can do, it's it's be physical and score goals at the end of the day. It's like they have a certain swagger about them, right? They have a certain aura right now. And I think they're just, they're feeling it right now. I think they, like after that result against Liverpool, I think they that was a huge step forward for them, in my opinion. Um, I think Liverpool, who have they played? So I think they, they'll play Brentford this weekend. Um, obviously, they've been playing easier, relatively easier opponents as well. Who? Um, well, Liverpool. Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know. We come to think of it, right? Our stretch of difficult matches is coming next month. Yeah, I think it's like Leicester, Liverpool, Tottenham, and then City all next month. <laughs> it's coming all at once, isn't it? Man, now I've come to think of it, like if we're going to keep up with these guys, we have to be near flawless for the next four, six matches. I think. Yeah, um, we have to be. We have to be way better than what than what we're doing now. And yeah. like, think about it. I mean, we ha- we have we've had a good start to the season, but we've played not great teams. I mean, I'm looking at Chelsea start of the, start to the season. They played Arsenal. They beat Arsenal. I mean, again, that's kind of like yeah. a, you know Rele- easy game relegation. Yeah, relegation yeah. too. But uh, they drew against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. They played Aston Villa, and they just beat Tottenham. So they played Arsenal, Liverpool, and Tottenham. Uh, I'll be honest Already. with you. I think Tottenham's a little overrated this year. Oh yeah, I think I think yeah. Tottenham is terrible right now. I think they're yeah, really yeah. really bad, and I think that the their their first three wins flatters them big time. Yeah. Because they're not playing well. I'm telling you, they are not playing well. Uh, Harry but, is still on vacation mode, in my opinion. Yeah. He doesn't but, even want to be there, man. Yeah. It's, it's so well, clear. he's just trying to find his feet, right? I mean, I think I think yeah. that would rattle any player. The fact that he was literally thinking, I'm gone, I'm not playing here. So I think his head isn't there right now. But he'll, you know, he'll come around. They'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, man, back, like back, back to the original point. Yeah, like... Mm, kind of don't want to hold my breath here because you know we got we got some tough games coming up man and to an extent we can be happy that we didn't have them early on because we're not necessarily playing the greatest we're still trying to figure things out i mean we've integrated three new players into the team um so you know there's still a bit of adjusting that needs to happen there so this week oh actually in two days we actually play in the league cup to be fair i don't care as much about the league cup. I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah. Against West Ham again, but this time we're at Old Trafford. So hopefully we get some of the younger players or French rotational players. I think Martial, Van de Beek, Lingard, I'm sure they'll start. Um, yeah. I swear to God, if I see Ronaldo on the team sheet, it's all layout. But yeah, I no chance. No There's chance. No way. Yeah. No chance. Like I, I'm pretty sure Bruno, Pogba, Cristiano, they'll have, they'll, they won't even show up. They'll just watch from the TV or something. Not true, I think. Because, you know, like at the end of the day, we're still playing West Ham. So Ollie is still going to feel the competitive team. He's going to rotate the squad for sure. Jesse's going to start 100%. That's a given. Yeah. But he's also, he, he, he does keep our more influential players. Like, I think Bruno's going to play. I mm-hmm. think Pogba's going to play. I think they're both going to start. You know, like he, really? he likes to keep, yeah, yeah, he likes to keep, you know, some of the starting 11. He doesn't. He doesn't like completely rotating teams. That's not something we've seen Ollie do historically. He does rotate the squad, but he doesn't like. He likes to keep his mainstays, like Harry Maguire, Bruno, unless it's like a really congested fixture list and they need the rest. 
I I really see like probably Lingard and Sancho on the wings. Um, maybe Cav- I don't know if I don't, what's up with Cavani. Is, he, is he fit now? Yet. No, 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 no. some yeah. random injury. They won't they won't say anything. I think Lindelof yeah. is going to be playing hundred percent. Lindelof um, with Maguire because Maguire plays every match. Yeah, uh, I, I think I really do think Martial will probably get a start up top. Keaton, I just don't. I, I just might get a start. If if I if I had to choose one player not to play, it would be Cristiano. He just let him recover, man. Like he, there's there are more important <laughs> fish to fry at this point. Yeah. Like, well, it's not even about him recovering. It's just like I don't necessarily want him to play against uh, West Ham at Carling Cup, like the first round. I just think it, there's not a lot of added benefit there. Um, yeah. Like no I, point. I don't question his yeah. fitness. Like I think sh- should he be forced to play? I think he's ready to go. I think he's fit. I, I think he could definitely handle it. I think it's more about like I don't want to him to pick up a freak injury by accident because yeah for me for a meaningless match so uh i think yeah i think west ham will actually come back with a slightly better team if antonio is playing they'll is have antonio yeah, yeah, yeah they'll have antonio so we'll see I it's mean, gonna be tough he's he's gonna bully uh lindelof probably so you know it's a pretty favorable matchup for them but yeah, and yeah, they're they're gonna want revenge. I mean, you can bet that they're gonna play their 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 best starting eleven again. Uh, they're like they're probably gonna go for it. Uh, but you know that's fine. I mean, again, there's it's well documented on this podcast. We're not huge fans of of. Uh, I mean, it's not called the Car- the Carlin Cup, right? It's the the Carabao Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, we're not huge fans of it, and it is what it is. It's just more of like a stress free viewing event. Although I will say it kind of uh hurts if we do lose because it's just kind of like oh it's another loss on the books you know as a team you want to start winning games you want to start being a machine get that winning mentality and you know that doesn't that doesn't stop with these kind of games you can't just turn it off with this kind of game you you have to keep trying to win regardless of the competition Mm -hmm. and then this weekend we have aston villa at home i believe yeah another another really really interesting game aston villa um you know still a decent record uh five games into the season i mean two wins one draw two losses obviously one of those losses coming against the hands of a really good chelsea team uh but i think they were hard done by that result. i think aston villa was actually really good that game and they lost the first game of the season against watford which was very unexpected very unlike them but I think that now they're just sort of finding finding their feet a little bit more. With, I mean, they had they had an impressive win uh, on the weekend, so you know they, they played very well against Everton. I was watching that match. Yeah, uh, I think Leon Bailey picked up an injury, unfortunately, but he, he he looked like a star coming into it. He looked good. I mean, he he just made an impact, and we even saw that against the first game against Watford when they subbed him on. They were down, mm-hmm. I think. I think it was maybe three nothing, and then all of a sudden it was three two when he came on, and yeah. he was involved in both goals. So definitely an exciting player. They have good good players. Um, obviously they lost Grealish, mm-hmm. but you know they're still a tough team to play. But I like the fact that we're at home. I think that's going to give us a, a big 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 boost. Uh, you know I think that sort of we have that really really good atmosphere right now around the club and that added buzz of just having Ronaldo. I, I think that's still that's that's still a factor. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. Should come out on top. Yeah, there's no reason for us to lose this match. There really isn't. If, if we lose, there it would just... Is. There never is, but never it could is. happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I totally expect the same starting 11 
uh, from yesterday, uh, this yeah. weekend. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I guess one of the storylines that I'm looking at, and this is something that I've been kind of looking at a bit more closely, but I'm really I really want Sancho to get up and running again. Well, I'll I'll keep saying it because I think he's a really fantastic player, and he's just been unfortunate to sort of not be involved in the goals and assists. And, you know, sure, he had one bad game, but, you know, he's he's just a really good player. Like, I can see him, like, when he's playing, you know, like, he's just, he just looks so good. He just needs those opportunities. So it'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, I think he's going to start against West Ham midweek, you know, see if he can get involved there, you know, be an impact player, and then maybe get a start on the weekend, you know? Yeah, I think Mason was relatively quiet yesterday. Yeah, he was tame. But I think there was a chance where Ronaldo could literally have squared it and for a Mason tap in. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh, I do. I think yeah. it was Scotty with the really nice through ball, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was he was a little unfortunate with that. Yeah, it's so weird. We have so much depth. I keep like you think we have so much depth, but yeah. a little top top heavy. It's you know, true. like yeah. we are missing a little bit of balance in the midfield, uh, defensively going and then going forward, right? Like it, it's super top heavy. I mean, when you when when you see teams like like Chelsea and Liverpool and 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 City, like there is more of a balance. Like they have really good um, attacking threats, but they also have a midfield that can control the game, and they have solid defenders, and they work well together. But for mm. us, it kind of feels like there's like the like the forwards and then there's the defenders uh-huh. you know like there isn't as much fluidity there and i think that's where our issue is uh so i hope that changes i hope that changes as the season goes on man yeah i that's all for a new midfield in january i really could see that happening it'd be tough though like yeah. it's just it's, it's tough to find a player that comes on the market it doesn't happen every day uh a good good midfield player you know, and again, like a player that has like that Manchester United mentality that is a team player, it's that's tough to find, man. Like, like again, I'll say Ruben Neves would have is was not the player that we sh- I was mm-hmm. again, I don't know why people got so I think people just want a signing for the sake of a signing sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we didn't get him. I don't know, that was a bit random side point there, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, remember you just described, um, you know, there's not, there aren't many players that fit into the squad so well um, and who love United, but we just literally described Bruno right there, which is mm-hmm. the crazy part. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, he's, you remember that? He, Do you remember when we had this conversation where we're like, oh, Bruno's about to sign and we we're both like, yeah, but you know, how much of an impact is he going to have? And little do we know the amount <laughs> of the impact that he had, because at the oh, end of the yeah. day, I mean, you could see it that he's he has a really, really good mentality. You know, like he wants to win. He wants to play for the team. It's team first. And it it helps too that he's got that little bit of magic in his boots. But, you know, those are the kind of players that you want to sign. And as fans, we don't really know necessarily what what kind of person the player is and what kind of impact they'll have until it happens. And Bruno, man, I mean, he was, yeah, he's, he's been something special. And again, like he's just a team player. Players love him. You know, it's just, it's good vibes. It's vibes FC with him. And if you have a good dressing room, people overlook this a lot, but if you have a really solid dressing room, that's like the foundation of having a very, very good team. I think, I think winning really helps with a, uh, with a good dressing room, in my opinion. Yeah. But I think like, 
I think you, I don't know. I, it, I don't know if it's like the chicken or the egg came first, you know, like yeah. if you, if you start winning, that generates a really good dressing room. Or if you have a really good dressing room, then that means you can, you can start winning games or whatever. But obviously if you, if you, if you win a lot of games, then, you know, the vibes, man, the vibes are, are good at the end of the hey, day. I, despite, you know, all the things that were hurled against us on yesterday, I think this could be a good sign too. Mm. Um, about what we are capable of and perhaps 21 is coming but you know well <laughs> oh <laughs> like, god you just have to sneak that in there eh because let's think about this because you know we we were like i think the west ham result was one of those matches where we would have drawn or lost easily maybe two or three years ago because i think when we lose or when we go down or you know it's a fluky goal when we're away from home, I just feel like everything just falls apart so quickly, unravels so quickly. Yeah, I know. And like you and you can totally spin it in in that positive way. But yeah. you know, what you just said right there, we've been saying that now. So we've said that last season a couple of times, right? Because mm-hmm. all those games coming back from home, uh, all those games like being down away from home and then finding a way to win. And that's and that's what we were saying last year, you know. This is great because last year or two years ago, we, we, we wouldn't have gone over the edge. You know, we, like we, we wouldn't have, like, we didn't have those, Mm -hmm. those players to bring us over the edge. But now what I want us to, what I want to see is I want us to get to the next stage, which is dominating games, winning games comfortably, you know, like stomping on other teams next, you know, like imposing our will onto the team with really really good football bro we just seem to like uh concede a goal first and then just got that i hate that so much man oh my god it's crazy like you know it's i don't understand it either that pisses me off how do we play that much better once we're a goal down like yeah like where is the urgency where is the urgency man like i'm telling you when like this west ham game the first 20 30 minutes we're just having a time we're just strolling in the park passing it side to side oh we'll score eventually it's okay and then west ham scores like okay now now we mean business now now we start and like i i hate that it that was noticeable right it's too much now it was this was the thing all last season and we kept saying to ourselves like the all the post-game interviews the players like oh yes you know this this record of going down and then finding a way to win it's it's nice but we want to but we want to win from the start. We don't want to put ourselves in that position. But man, like we haven't done that. We just, we've failed. We haven't been up to the task yet. <laughs> and if you want to be a championship team, that needs to change clearly. Mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways, yeah. I think, um, <laughs> I think that's going to probably wrap it up for us. Oh, actually. Yeah. One more thing. Uh, shout out to David De Gea. I, oh yeah. Dave yeah. saves. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah Dave, I can't believe. Oh, man. Like, you know, I, I was screaming. It was like eight in the morning. I'm pretty sure I woke up the whole neighborhood. Yeah. It, I mean, man, what a, I what a believe, time. I can't believe I almost forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. David De Gea hasn't saved a damn penalty in five years. He's faced like 40 penalties. Mark Noble hasn't missed a penalty in three or four years. He's converted like 26 of them. And the stars align. Dave saves. I mean, can I, can I just say how much of a knob David Moyes looked after that? <laughs> yeah, 
He was, uh, yeah. I mean, I think he has a vendetta against against uh, Manchester United. So I think every time he has a chance to beat us, he's uh, he's pretty fired up about it. So, I mean, I think that was just listen, man. That was karma. We didn't deserve to lose that game, and I would have been so upset, so upset if we drew that game from a like a just an unfortunate handball. Yeah, I got a feel for Luke there. I, I mean, it's still a stone cold, stonewall penalty. In my opinion, it is. It, it is. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but like it's yeah, just. Yeah. It, it would have been. It's just unlucky. Still, you know what I mean. Like it just would have been super unfortunate to to lose points because of that, and yeah. it would have completely negated Jesse's redemption arc. Yeah, I was expecting Declan Rice to just smash it, but I I, I just found it so weird. Like why why even risk that? Especially what's happened. Especially you know, after the Euros. Yeah, 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 I think. I mean, I think managers now are just gonna are just gonna learn that. You like you can't do that. You just can't bring somebody absolutely cold to take a penalty, regardless if yeah. if they have a hundred percent, never miss a penalty in their lives. It's just it's just not smart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. So I mean, that'll do it. I mean, you know, yeah. Big shout out to to Dave Davis, man of the match. So um, got us the three points. We are again joint top of the table. Four wins, one draw, no losses yet. So things are looking good. Things are looking up. Um, again, we play West Ham midweek, followed by Aston Villa on the weekend. Should we dare do predictions for, I'm going to ignore the midweek game, but do we want to throw out some predictions against Aston Villa? Yeah, I'm feeling a 2-1 victory against Aston Villa this weekend. And the West Ham match, I, my prediction, I just don't care. <laughs> like I, yeah, same. Yeah. West Ham game yeah. prediction, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Aston Villa at home. I will go with, you know what? Clean sheet, 2 nothing. How about that? Have, haven't had a clean sheet yet. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. We'll go for we, that. We, we could use one. <laughs> we could we definitely could use, use one. The, yeah. the boys could use one. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, with that being said, it's going to do it for us here. Uh, we will be back next weekend um, to break down all the action that's that happened against to West Ham again and then Aston Villa. And um, yeah, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Stratford Chat. And uh, yeah, with that being said, we will see you guys next weekend. Goodbye. Cheers.